Okay, I want to talk to you today, coming into this new year, as we leave this one, we say goodbye to this one, and go into a new year. We started our new year, 215, by asking God to give us a new year's revelation. Do you remember? For seven weeks we talked about, yes, seven weeks, we talked about Who needs a a New Year's resolution? It's a waste of time asking God for a resolution because most people don't keep the resolutions they ask or they make, I should say. And we said that if we're going to make it to the end of this year and beyond, we need a New Year's revelation. And we've pursued God all year along that path. Well, me and Phil have. We decided as an eldership that we would pursue Christ all year because we want Christ to be revealed. Christ revealed. And we knew that in order for Christ to be revealed, we would have to push into him more and more. So the discipleship this year was more was more intense and it will be even more intense next year. Ready for 217 when we go live. Amen. So we knew that you will not get Christ revealing himself if you do not pursue after him. Christ just does not turn up just because you come to church. Christ, because you know, I know that because there's a lot of churches where a lot of people turn up and the message is the same yesterday, today, like it was forevermore. It'll be, there's no manifestation of the goodness of God There's no prophetic word being spoken over the people. There's no enlightenment coming into the lives of the people. It's the same. Why? Because they prefer tradition and liturgy. Christ just doesn't turn up because people, where his people turn up and agree in the spirit, two, three, agree. There I am in the midst. So Christ needs to be revealed based on on the word that's spoken and on the agreement that we come into. Hello? When we come into an agreement... Christ begins to manifest. Not just by saying amen, but when we come into agreement and say, yes, Lord, that's the word for us. Yes, Lord, you're speaking to us in this area. We come into full agreement. Christ begins to manifest when we come into an agreement. Do you believe that? I do. So through everything we do, Christ must be revealed. That's a big challenge. Through everything we do, through everything we say. We know that we want to become an upgraded, progressive church. That does not happen by keeping life at the same level. You have to keep on keeping on. You have to keep finding ways to push into God, build into God, witness for God. You have to find new ways all the time. It's like any relationship. You know, if if my relationship with Carol stayed the same level as the day I first met her, it's unrealistic. The first day I met her, there was, there was birds flying in my head, romance. But how many of you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, life doesn't continue like that. My head would be in a spin. We'd never get anything done. It's mush world. It's mush world when you're in love. Everything makes sense. Come on. Of course it does. And then you get some reality. And then you have to work at this thing. And then you, you savor the mush moments more. Because you know it takes effort to get into that zone. Maybe some of you need to go back to mush world. 2.16. Prophesy over some of you. Mush world. Not mushrooms, mush world. So we need prophetic truth to allow us to keep upgrading so that Christ can keep on being revealed. I want to see more of Jesus 16 than I did in 15. Yes, and 15 was better than 14, and and you can keep going on and on and on. Irrespective of my circumstances, irrespective of the conditions, what's going on around my world, Christ must keep on being revealed. That is the challenge for every church. Not just to do church, not just to get church full, not just to get church active in all its so-called programs, but can you reveal Christ? Does Christ come to the dream center? Or do its people just kid themselves he does? That's the challenge for us, folks. But if you look around, if you look around in society, you go shopping, you don't see, you see an awful lot of Christmas 
but you don't see an awful lot of Christ. Every shop, every mall, every, you know, precinct is advertising Christmas. But nobody wants to advertise or nobody wants to reveal Christ. So the more Christmas we have, the less of Christ is revealed. And you wonder why a nation goes down. It won't be long before they'll be banning nativities in schools. I'm telling you. It won't be long. I went to my granddaughter's nativity, and in all fairness, it was full on. They didn't hold back in any of the proclamations they made in the nativity. And I remember thinking to myself, this won't be long before someone tries to shut this down. Because that's the kind of mentality and society we now live in. Get Christ out of the way. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. It's not a new thing. It's a continuous thing. You know that, don't you? For though God fills everything in every way, Christ is not in everything. Your job, my job, is to reveal Christ. God's job is to reveal Christ to you so that you can reveal Christ to the world. You are the one that reveals Christ. Not a slogan. Not a nativity. You and me. You and me. You see, people see this nativity scene and they see a baby. But that's all they see. That's all they see. Shepherds, well, there's no shepherds in our scene because we've been nicked, I think. Either that or they've just got so fed up of waiting. They've just done a runner. But you see the baby. It's the real thing, that. It's the real thing. They brought it in. We see the baby, but we don't see a son. We see nativity, but we don't see Christ. We hear... Words of the gospel, but we don't hear the Father. And our society has switched off from wanting to hear, see, witness, accept and acknowledge Christ. But we'll still have Christmas. In fact, what we'll do, we'll change Christmas, we'll just call it Happy Holiday. And then the dipsticks in the council who actually think they're helping everyone get behind this thought. And empower stupidity. They're helping no one. They cannot see a son. They do not see a king. And they do not acknowledge or witness his kingdom. Listen folks. The issue is to reveal Christ. It always has been. Always will be. If you can reveal Christ. All hell lets loose. But hell is dispelled. Hell is pushed back when Christ is revealed. That's why hell is on our streets rather than Christ. From the ages past, the revealing of the Messiah was always game on. That was the intention from heaven, to reveal the Messiah. Prophets came, priests came, apostles came, priests, prophets, patriarchs, they all began to speak About the one who was to come. Why? Because all the way through scripture, the issue has been revealing Christ. Some call him the Messiah. Others call him Jesus. In every other language, there's a different name for it. But we all know who it is. Yeah? Heaven's task. As always, heaven's work, its task and its assignment is to find men who will carry the message, who will reveal and announce and proclaim The Messiah. Who will carry, announce, proclaim, preach, and now in the New Testament, live the Christ life. Because every time you live the Christ life, you reveal Christ. You know, it's possible to preach and not even use a word. Your life. Your life reveals Christ. And then sometimes, who was it who said, preach the gospel and if you have to, use words. Who was it who said that? Forget it. Was it Wesley or something like that? Who? It might have been Francis Sisi. It might have been him. I just know the statement. I'm not sure who said it. But anyway, it's it's good. 
if you have to use words, great. But your life should be the first port of call that people see. See, our world is looking for Christmas or the Christ in the, in the Christmas once a year. But that we teach a generation that he only comes, Father Christmas only comes once a day. Actually, once a year. Man, Elijah, if he came every day, it cost us a bomb, wouldn't it? It comes once a year. But Christ is every day. Christ is a life. Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and from the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure and all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father and no one knows the Father except his Son and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Now, it's amazing that Christ, it's just that heaven wants to reveal Christ, but he does it, he does it in a certain way. He just, just doesn't blitz it everywhere and hope that the greatest advertisement campaign will fill the earth. God chooses vessels. God chooses people. And at one time, he only chose a nation to reveal Christ too. He didn't reveal it to the Gentile nations. He only chose Israel to reveal Christ too. So you, you can imagine, if you were alive in those days, you'd have had no chance anyway. It was only for the Jews at first. But God, knowing that the Jews would reject it, always had in mind the Gentiles. But nevertheless, there was a point in time when it was only going to the Jews. True? True? And he says, I praise you, Father of heaven. You have hidden these things, but you've chosen, you know, you've hid it from the learned, the wise, the smart, the so-called intellectuals, and you've revealed it is the first key to little children. It's amazing that Christmas means the most to little children. Because there's something in a child's heart that can see beyond what you can see. Right now, millions of kids are going to bed thinking this guy comes down the chimney. And they've got a gas fire. Right? But a kid doesn't care. Because all Santa has to do is just shake his nose and he just appears. There's nothing impossible in a kid's world. He's got absolute supreme faith. It's coming, he's coming, and he'll bring what I asked. So the kingdom is revealed to those who have such a heart. Is there anything too difficult for you? No, that's the heart of a child. So Christ reveals himself to those who were prepared to believe the impossible. He's prepared to reveal himself to those who are prepared to believe the impossible. What God is speaking to us about for next year and the year after, it's impossible. We're about to start a discipleship school that's going to go through Europe and hopefully around the nations, and we ain't got a clue how we're going to recruit people. But God does. As long as we believe in for the impossible, the difficult, God will keep saying, guys, I can do anything through you guys because you're prepared to believe me. And that's what we're prepared to do. And some of you will see later on, you'll catch it and go, see, yeah, see, we, we, we didn't believe it at first. No, some of us did believe it at first. Some of us did believe it, that's why we did it. You only believe because you saw. But we saw before we entered into belief. We saw it and because we saw it, we believed. You believe it and then now you believe it because you saw it. In the physical, we saw it in the spirit. There are things next year that God will speak to you. Unless you have the heart of a child, Christ cannot be, keep on being revealed to you. If your thoughts, opinions and philosophies get in the way, guess what? Christ will leave you at that point. And he'll have to wait until you humble yourself so he can speak to you in a different area. Christmas is not about... 
I'm going to pick him up. Come on. All right. Shh. Calm down. Oh. In the name of Jesus. I believe for another arm. Similarly. There you go. There you go. What happened there? Did someone leave some money in this thing? He's a one-armed messiah, eh? People see this. That's all they see. That's all they want. They want to leave him in his manger. They don't want to take him out. But you know, there is the issue. Is there any children in here? Harry. Harry. Oh, he's okay. There is no Father Christmas. But listen, there is a Father of Christmas. But there is no Father Christmas. But there is a Father of Christmas. And the Father of Christmas gave the gift called his Son. We miss the Father in Christmas and just look at the baby when the father of Christmas was the one who gave us the gift. And the father of Christmas has been the one for thousands of years through the prophets announcing that he will come. So all the time it was the father's message that kept proclaiming that the Christmas child, Jesus, would come. We don't celebrate Jesus. We don't even celebrate Father of Christmas. We just look for Father Christmas. Now, the true Father Christmas does not wear a red suit or a white beard. There is a Father of Christmas, not a Father of Christmas. Jesus is the promised gift. All the way through the nativity, the Father is directing, script writing, producing, acting, speaking. He is the one in this cosmic scene. He's the one who put it all together. He's the one joined all the dots up. He's the one who spoke to angels, spoke to the wise men, spoke to... All the other people, all the people, the cast. He's the one who's orchestrating this. Why? So that our son could be given. Not just a baby, a son. A son. Nowhere does it refer to him in the Bible as a baby. It always refers to him as a son. It tells us how he was born as a baby. But then it refers to him as the son. And because we just want to meek and my little Jesus, leave him in there. Can you imagine if we left Harry as a baby? Can you imagine what a burden that would be to Tom and Grace? A kid what would always be totally dependent upon being fed, changed, watered. What a burden that would be. And an expense. Jesus is the Father's selected arrow. He fired him bang on time. He hit the target. And now the world, whether it likes to or not, has to acknowledge he's here. So Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, and you know the scripture, very famous scripture. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given. The baby came first, but... A son is given. From out of a baby comes a son. Now, this is God revealing Christ in the early stages of the Old Testament. Unto us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And then he begins to explain his destiny. And the government will be upon his shoulders. How do you put a government on a kid's shoulders? Well, and he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and on the increase of his government and the peace, there will be no end. And he'll reign on David's throne 
and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it. They didn't announce this at your birth. And with justice and righteousness from that time on forever, the zeal of the Lord, who? The Father of Christmas, will accomplish this. The Father of Christmas will do this. Because it's the zeal of the Lord that will accomplish it in his own son. And it's the Father's job to reveal him to who? To the children. The Father's never stopped revealing his son. And the son never stopped revealing his father. And now through the Holy Ghost, through the Holy Ghost, he's the one who takes from the father and makes it known to you and me. So the revealing is still on. The baby, no one ever asks, why did the baby come? Who is he pointing to? And what's the destiny of the child? We just stop right here. Why? Because politically, socially, religiously, it then begins to make us uncomfortable if we leave him in there. But the moment I adopt him, I take him and believe him, things change. Things change. Though a child is born, a son is given. Though you see one thing, there's more to be seen. Think of this. Though you see one thing, there is more to be seen. See, we look at Harry and we see a baby. But Tom and Grace now see it as their son. Yes? It all amount of what, it's all about what you see, what your perspective is, and how closely you're connected to it. I see a baby, but someone sees a son. Now, hopefully in the next coming months, Tom and Grace begin to see his destiny. And they begin to prophesy and pray him into his destiny. So someone sees a baby. Someone sees a son. Now someone sees the increase in his life. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. So Christ is being revealed through the Isaiah. Though a child is born, a son is given. Though a son is given, a kingdom is born. A kingdom is born. All this is through a child. A kingdom's now born. Wow. And this son is now called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's a pretty awesome statement to proclaim over a baby. That is a pretty awesome statement to make. They didn't say that over Harry. You know what we said over Harry? This one is born in Zion, which is just as good. So when you go to your dedication and you hold him, her, them, and you, you go in and you know, the, you know the guy puts a little bit of water on it, sand and and all that kind of stuff, and you've gone through your little christening, you know what? Nothing changed. But when you have a dedication and you know who your child is, you know who the son is, and you know what kingdom he's part of, you can make a different declaration. Not only is he a son, is a son with an increasing government. An increasing government. Wow. An increasing government. Let me just, I'm sorry, I've lost a... Right, there we go. He's a king with a heritage. He sits on the throne of David. His work... Within this kingdom, it will establish, it will uphold, it will bring justice, it will bring righteousness. From that time on, he was born. So the moment he was born, something was beginning to accelerate, even though he was a child. Wow. This is no ordinary baby. If you see him as a baby, he has no power. He's powerless. If you see him as a son with a kingdom, with an ever-increasing kingdom, with justice, righteousness, peace, you see him as the, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting. Guess what? All of a sudden, why would I want to leave him in a manger? Why would I want to leave him in a manger? And his heart is, through his revealing, 
that the two will become one. The two become one. So we see that from the beginning of time, the, the, the battle has been to reveal the Messiah, Christ. Number two, Christ, now he's been revealed, must continually be kept being revealed to you, the believer. Let's go to Luke. Just before you go to Luke, go to Isaiah 7. Oh, I'll read it to you. Staying, go to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. I want to finish off on Isaiah 7, 13. And Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, it's not enough to try the patience of men. Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin with child will, be, will give birth to a son, and he'll be called Emmanuel. All the way through the Old Testament, it was announcing, proclaiming the Messiah's coming. So when he did come, and he was revealed, to those who was revealed, how many of you know there's not just a once and for all revealing? There is a continual revealing that we as believers must now have. Now this is where Christianity takes on a new dimension. Because many people see the kingdom from afar, but never enter into it. Many come close to it, but never inherit the fullness of the promises or live in the dimensions of the promise. So Luke 2.25, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him, wow, by the Holy Ghost, that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Christ. The Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when his parents brought in the child, Jesus, excuse me, when he brought in the child, Jesus to do for him what the custom of the Lord required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now can dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, for glory to your people Israel. So he's already speaking about the, the Gentiles are going to get a piece of him. Well, up to that point, the Jews were the only ones. So he's already announcing that the Gentiles can have a piece of him. Amen? The child's father and mother marveled at what he said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that he'll be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. So the mission's still on. And the sword will pierce your own soul too. So those you in this immediate midst, your soul's going to get pierced. Why? Because it wasn't enough just to bring him into the world, you must keep on revealing him to the world. And this old man, Simeon, this old man, how old was he? Old, I think he just give his age, but I think in this scripture I've got, he's, I think he's about 80 odd. I think he actually says in one scripture. Anyway, here's the issue. When Christ revealed himself, Simeon always believed that God would reveal him to him. Despite all the patriarchs prophesying, nobody knew the time, the date, the generation or whatever. But this man always believed God was preserving his life so that he would see the Savior. Amazing. And then God begins to use this man's faith because he had the heart of a child. The heart of the child was calling to see the child. And God used him and waited and blessed him and... and, and Allowed him to see the child. Instantly the child. How many children were brought into the temple that day? We don't know. But there's something in this man's spirit. Straight away. When he sees the promise. Locks onto it straight away. Why? Because for years and years and years. His heart had been waiting. And he recognized God when he turns up. He didn't see the baby. He saw the son. Though the baby was physically brought into the temple, his eyes, it was almost like something leapt in his spirit and said, that's the one. So something was revealed inside him. 
And it must continuously be like that. He believed and prayed and waited for his eyes to see heaven's child, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Wow. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? What are you expecting God to reveal to you this year? Are you waiting patiently? Are you praying earnestly? Are you devout? Are you steadfast? Are you holding your course? This man waited for how many years? I don't know. It's not over, folks, until it's over. Doesn't matter how old you are. This man was old. To him, that's all he was living for. Simeon was a man who was moved by the Spirit. It was the Spirit of God that moved him into the house. And the Spirit of God must move you so that Christ can be revealed. Without the moving of the Spirit, Christ will not be revealed. Why? Because he says, I take from the Father that which the Father is saying and make it known to you. So the Holy Ghost has to lead you into places where you can, be, where you can hear so that things can be revealed. <coughs> you must be led by the Spirit because those who are led by the Spirit are the true sons of God. Yes. If you want Christ to be revealed, you must be led by the Spirit. I said you must be led by the Spirit. See, this man came to church all his life. But this particular day, the Spirit of God moved him and sent him into the temple. You see, wouldn't it be nice if you stopped coming to the church and the Holy Spirit started bringing you? Oh, I know that one went down the... Went past you. Wouldn't it be nice if you stopped coming to church and the Holy Ghost now started bringing you? That's why he says, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. When the Spirit's moving you, it's no longer a duty. It's no longer a burden. It's no longer the expected thing. Now the Holy Ghost is moving you to church. That's when you know Christ is about to be revealed. When the Spirit of God can bring you to church rather than you turn up and then look for Him. Hello, am I talking to church this morning? He went into the temple courts by the Holy Ghost. Then Simeon prophesied the move and ministry that was coming upon the child's life. It doesn't matter how old you are, can you still prophesy? Can you still prophesy and can you still keep on revealing Christ? Even though you're about to go the way of the earth, can you keep on prophesying? Come on. Let me talk to some of the older folks for a minute. Some of you, I'm not defining the word old. Because some of you can be old and still young. Some of you are young and are old. The issue is, in your Advancing years, not can you prophesy, do you prophesy? Because I know smart people know how to answer smart questions. Can you prophesy? Well, of course I can prophesy. Okay, so you're admitting you've got the ability to it. Thank you, you've just condemned yourself. The issue is, do you? Because you've already told me you can. The issue, do you prophesy? In your old age. Do you see dreams and visions? Like it was prophesied by Joel. Not can you. Do you? Do you? Well, why? I know I don't. Well, start seeking God for something. Jesus, reveal yourself in my dreams. Reveal yourself to others through prophetic words. Your mouth is just one aspect of revealing him. Simeon's an old man, and yet he said something more profound than most of us have ever said. What did he say? This, this boy is trouble. That's what he's saying. This boy's trouble. But not in trouble in a nasty way. This boy is for the falling and the rising of many. In other words, this boy's going to turn the world upside down. This boy is going to turn Jew against Gentile, mother against father, father against son. This boy, this boy is the, is the game changer. This boy is the determining factor. Oh, this is no baby. This, this son has a kingdom. And he saw this in his old age. 
Wow. He will be the sign that Isaiah, Ezekiel, all the other prophets, the patriarchs spoke about. He's the one that, was, that David's been talking about. And he brings the past and the present and then prophesies the future all together. That's why when prophecy is spoken, it should make sense of the past, the present, and the future. It should bring everything to alignment. That's by doing that, you give people hope. This is why I went through something. God used it. God saw it. When I thought I was alone, God saw it. Now God's giving me hope. Every prophecy should give you hope. Beware of prophets who only speak doom. So, Christ is constantly being revealed. He reveals his nature, his character, his facets. Samuel 1, Samuel 3, 7 said this, Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So there was a point in his life when it wasn't revealed, but yet he was in the house. Oh, there's a problem right there. Samuel's in the house, but... The word of the Lord had not been revealed. It is possible for people to be in church and things not be revealed. And then in the next verse, I should say in verse 21 of the same chapter, and the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Though there may be a time when you don't don't know the word and God doesn't reveal himself, there will be a time if you keep pursuing him where he will reveal himself to you Through his word. What a great promise. You know, Samuel gives me great hope. It really gives me great hope that there was a day when a young child, who Israel's greatest prophet, or one of Israel's greatest prophets, did not know the word of the Lord. And yet there's a time when he knows the word of the Lord and reveals the word of the Lord. It's okay. There's okay when there's a time when you don't know things. It's okay if that's called the day of beginning. But if you're 20 years into Christianity and you still don't know some basic things, you're in trouble. It's not how you start, says the song. It's how you finish. And Samuel, because God kept appearing to him in Shiloh, why do you think God kept appearing to him? Because he knew there was a man there inquiring him. God will keep speaking and reveal himself if you keep inquiring. He will. He will. How do I know that? Because that's where I'm at. Daniel chapter 2, verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Wow. Then Daniel praised God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and season. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to the discerning. Just stop there a minute. How did he know all that? How did Daniel know all that? Because God revealed it to him. Have you noticed how different your proclamation is when things have been revealed to you? Have you noticed that? Your proclamation takes on a whole new power and a whole new faith when you've received things by the Spirit. Daniel knew that God deposes kings. It doesn't matter who's in charge. God can take them out tomorrow. Have faith in God rather than the fear in the man who's running the nation. Have faith in God. God is the one who sets up nations for failure. God is the one who sets up nations for success. God is the one who selects the players. God. And many nations have got tyrannous leaders because the church stopped following God. They opened the door and allowed an evil dictator to come in when that was never God's will. God did it in the Old Testament and he's still doing it now. That went quiet. There's something about the Americans that will never, ever accept that God is punishing them. In an American mind, God will only ever favor America. And yet that makes, that creates a mentality that they can do what they want. Because they sing the national anthem, they put the hand on the heart, the home of the brave, the land of the free. Beg to differ, it's anything but free. And they got this thought that God will always bless America. God blesses America when America blesses God. Just like any other nation. 
And just because you sing your national anthem does not mean God's with you. Is our queen saved? I don't know. Has anyone asked? But we all sing God save our queen. Do you think by now he would have saved her? True? But it's God who reveals, unearths, unseats, puts in position. Why? Because his kingdom has got righteousness and justice. It's our job to establish it. So, he reveals deep the hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells in him. And I thank and praise you, O God, my Father. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. And you've made known to us the dream of the king. That's why the dream center is called the dream center. Because this verse spoke. So it's our job to make sure that Christ keeps revealing himself so we can keep telling people the dream of the king. That's our challenge, church. It's not just my challenge or Phil's or Paul's, the elders. It's your challenge to keep telling people what is the dream of the king. You must keep on revealing Christ. Romans 1.17 says this, For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. These are the things that when you start to seek God, God reveals to you. There's a righteousness from God that is revealed. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from the first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So as you begin to seek God, you begin to, he begins to reveal to you righteousness. Seek first his kingdom, and what? Righteousness has to be revealed. God's ways and standards of righteousness have to be revealed in you. So the more you begin to pursue Christ, he reveals to you his standards of righteousness. His standards of righteousness, through standards of righteousness, sanctification comes in. So the standards of holiness are kept in you. Through the work of the Holy Spirit, you've qualified for sanctification. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that you bought into when you became born again. So it legally gives the Holy Spirit freedom to keep working on your life to bring you to the standards of righteousness and perfect holiness. You get that? (coughs) Romans 8.18 I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. As you pursue Christ, you begin to understand why you go through trials. Trials don't make any sense until God reveals the purpose of them to you. And through the trial, the glory of God is revealed in you. That's why you must keep on pursuing Christ. Christ must keep on being revealed. Why? Because every one of us will go through trials this 2.16. Some of you might already be leaving, taking 2.15's trial into 2.16. But God must reveal himself to you. He must reveal his glory through your trial. Hello? Hold on quiet there, Phil. Romans 8.19. All creation is in eager expectation for the sons of God to Be revealed. The world is crying out for you to be revealed. It's gone quiet. Thought it might. This is a Christmas message. (laughs) Uplifting, cheering. Of course it's uplifting. He wants you to be revealed. What more can be more uplifting than that? He wants to reveal all he's got to you. Ephesians 3.14, in reading this, then you'll be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So, through reading, something's about to be revealed, which was not made known to men in other generations. So you're highly favoured. As it has been revealed by the Spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets, so that what's been revealed to the, through the prophets can be revealed to you. God hasn't kept it in the dark and he hasn't just kept it in the age and the dispensation of the apostles and prophets. He's made it known and making it known to you. That's why we need apostles and prophets in our lives. 
So that what was revealed to them can be revealed to you. God's left no stone unturned. He doesn't want us staying at the baby stage. He's the father of Christmas. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promised in Christ. Now, remember the struggles that Peter had when he was sat on the Cornelius' roof. Peter had great, great distress in understanding that that message there, what we've just read, the Gentiles were having a piece, could have a piece of the pie. Yes? But yet the Old Testament declared it. What did Simeon do? Simeon declared it. Simeon already told us what would happen, and yet Peter still sat there thinking, I can't eat a bacon sandwich. I can't eat a pork sandwich. It's wrong, it's unclean. So there are some things that Peter didn't have, but eventually were revealed to him. And you can imagine the day when it was revealed, it was like, oh, that's why I've been struggling. That's why, that's why. Until there's got to become a day when you can share together with others what God's revealing to you. There has to come a day when others don't keep it to the point where others have to keep sharing with you to bring you into enlightenment. There must be a come a time in your life when the joy should be that you can go and share with others what's been revealed to you. You must be a teacher and a learner. You know what to show you. Praise God. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're coming to the end. Praise be to God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I mean, I've been in, for the last two weeks now, I've been in Peter. Carol and I have been in Peter. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, 4, and 2 Peter. Peter's a guy what's getting my attention right now. Peter's really flicking my switch, and God is revealing so many things to me through Peter. I love it, the fact that Peter was hard, Peter was silly, Peter was stubborn, but Peter's the one now teaching me through the Holy Ghost. I always identify with Peter, and I think to myself, I've got to change that. (laughs) Got to change that. But here's what, what he's saying. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth, one level of revealing into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance, second revealing, what you need to understand what your, your inheritance is all about, that can never perish, spoil, or fade, and kept in heaven for you through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, through now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kind of trials, They've come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, honor with Christ Jesus. Sorry, when Jesus Christ is revealed. This is talking past tense. So when we get to the end of the race, we'll see the fullness of the inheritance. We'll see the fullness of what God's, we'll see the fullness of heaven. We'll see the Christ like we've never seen him. So there is a day when we'll see things that we've never seen. We'll understand things we've never understood. We'll touch things we've never been able to touch. That's called the end. Okay? You with me still? Verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Why? Because something's been revealed. And even though you don't see him, you believe in him and are filled with an expressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving continual now the goal of your faith through salvation of your soul. That's now called the ongoing tense. You understand this? There is an end of the line where things will be revealed, but there must be an ongoing process where Christ will fill you with an expressible joy. Every time when Christ fills you with an expressible joy, it's because he's revealing something of himself to you, what fills you so much that it's inexpressible. I can't always explain it. But it does something inside me. It quickens my mortal body. Words, pictures, do so much to my spirit. 
So we see that the mission was on to reveal him. We see the mission is on for you to keep on being, for Christ to keep on being revealed. And the last one is the mission is on for you to reveal Christ to the world. Peter says his divine power has given us everything. 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us great and very precious promises. He gave us a promise last week. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by its evil desires. Church, it's the evil desires that cause the corruption. Your job and my job is to reveal Christ so that we can help people escape the corruption that's in their hearts. 2.16, church, we've got to do it more and more. We've got to do it more and more. We cannot just keep having Christ revealed to us. We have to do something with what Christ is revealing to us. We have to take it somewhere. We have to share it with someone. We have to demonstrate it before others. Some of you will go before politicians. Others will go before business people. Others will go through people on the street. Others will go before your manager. At some point, you need to reveal Christ. Demonstrate Christ. Would you believe that? Romans tells us, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, it says, all day long, I've held up my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. That cannot be said of the dream center. That must not be said of the dream center. All day long, dream center, I held my hands out to you, but you would not take what I said. That must not become our portion. Can you imagine if your children, every time you want to give you something, your kids don't want it, and you put your hands out, what are you going to do? You take them back. You say, you're not ready. And then last scripture, 1 Corinthians 1, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 7, they, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift. As you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, he will keep you strong to the end. So that you'll be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ is our Lord and he is faithful. Church, it's time to use your gifts. It's time as you're waiting for the ultimate revealing. There is ongoing revealing. And through the ongoing revealing, you then reveal him, demonstrate him and present him to the world. Through your gifts. Through your talents. Through your positions in your companies through your friendships, your relationships that you've got with other people. You must use your gifts. Well, we're waiting for the ultimate revealing. That is not an excuse of why people cannot know what you know and cannot receive what you've received. Don't leave the baby in the manger. Oh, I know you say, well, our church doesn't believe that, but you act like that. It's possible to act like that. I'm not saying you act like that. People act like that. We can't just leave him in the manger. And we can't act, continue going on like we've got it all together. But in theory and in reality, we tell no one and do nothing. Yeah. We're no different than the religious establishment. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. We've got more than what the world has got. We've been given more than what this world sees. They've only got the, they've only got the child, but we've got the son. I said to you only a week ago, man boasts that he can put a man on the moon. We've got a man in heaven. We went higher than the moon. So with this man that's been revealed, the man Christ Jesus, let's take Christ to the nations. Let's reveal Christ. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. The day that Jesus was revealed, angels... There was a full technicolor set, shepherds, wise men, angels, singing, proclaiming, announcing, trumpets, the full works. It was a Spielberg show. Spielberg, I should say. Spielberg show. Was it Star Wars? No stars, wars, in war. 
all heaven and earth was declared and revealing. Guess what? It hasn't stopped. The angels are still proclaiming his name. The angels are still proclaiming his name. We must, we who have been, have had Christ revealed, must join with heaven and partner with the assignment. Christ still must be revealed. Why? Because then the church will be reformed. And when the church gets reformed, the city begins to feel transformed by the church being reformed, which was the Jew because of Christ was revealed. So, Father, right now, just close your eyes, if you will. Bow your heads. Raise your arms. This new year that you've already entered into, because the words come to you today. This new year will bring a greater responsibility to do something with that which heaven is revealing. So, Father, right now, we've already read, oh God, that you'll keep us strong. You will keep us strong. The mission is still on, oh God, in this house, in this people, to reveal Christ. I pray 2.16, oh God, that your kingdom will be established. Justice will be established. Righteousness will be established. The kingdom will keep on expanding through every person's life. I pray, oh God, you, you will continually show yourself to being the wonderful counsellor, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Father, we partner with you, the Father of Christmas, to reveal Christ, your Son. We seek first the King and His kingdom. Oh, Father, right now. Come on, church, just begin to enter in and just say, Lord, I want to do something with what you're revealing. Give me the boldness. Help me to hold strong. Present the opportunities. Oh, Father, right now, through Jesus' name. Through Jesus' name. Through Jesus' mighty name. Come on, church, let's just push in for a couple of minutes. Come on, Come on, church. Don't be fearful. Don't be fearful about what the new year brings. Be hopeful. Be hopeful. Do not fear. For the Lord your God is amongst us. Do not fear. Be hopeful, says the Lord. For the Lord your God is amongst us. It is He who gives us victory. It is He who gives us triumph over our enemies. It is He who will reveal. It is He who will uproot. It was He who will tear down. But you, my righteous ones, must stand in faith. You must stand strong in faith. Believe in every word that's revealed to you. For I'm about to do things in, your, in front of you. Things around you. Things behind you. Says the Lord. I'm about to do amazing things in your sight. As I reveal myself to you, you must reveal me to others. But do not be fearful. Be hopeful. Take the joy of the Lord. Take the joy of the Lord out with you. Take the joy of the Lord, this inexpressible joy. Take it as I fill you with inexpressible joy. Take it with you. Take it out. Take it into your families. Take it into your workplace. Take it out. The inexpressible joy of Christ. Take it out. Share it with others. Share it with others. 
Church, let me ask you a question. Do you believe 2016 can look different than 2015? For your life, for your life. Do you really believe that? Then pursue it. Pursue what you believe. If you believe it, put your faith there. 216 will be better than 215. Greater goals, greater achievements. Christ will be revealed in our lives. My children will know more. I will know more. My family will know more. Lord, I cannot stop believing. I cannot set the foot off the gas. I must pursue you till the very end. Amen? Because many of us never know when our end is coming. Don't wait for your end. You're in the race. You're running a race that started long before you. Run it strong, amen? Have a great Christmas. Be refreshed, charged. Turn to someone and say, I wish you all the best. I wish you... Come on, say it like you mean it. Listen, listen, listen. I wish you all the best. I wish you Godspeed for 216. And I'm ready to receive all that's been revealed through you to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now smile, you miserable lot.